us today. So happy that you're with us. We're in our Faith to Move Mountains series, and it's, it's just about that. Moving a mountain is impossible, but God told us, Jesus told us that if we had faith as of a mustard seed, we could say to the mountain, move, and it would be done for us. It would cast itself into the sea. And so we want to talk, we've been talking about faith. We've been talking about what our faith looks like. We've been talking about uh, faith is active. Faith is, you know, joined together with our works. Uh, And today I want to talk about what does it look like when we, how do, how is it that we put our faith in action? How do we put our faith in action? So let's take a look this morning at a couple scriptures. We're going to start with this one. Uh, So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will be, and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. And so this is our key scripture for this series. Uh, Now that we've been studying this, this uh, faith series for a bit. Let's take a, a closer look at this, this scripture before we move on. And there's a couple things that we can see here. It's, Jesus said, if you have faith, he didn't say you get faith by speaking to the mountain. He didn't say that you, you get faith when the mountain moves, although the testimony of things that have happened when the mountain does move, it will increase our faith. He said, if you had faith, then you will speak and it will be done. And so what we know is that faith doesn't come from the action. Faith doesn't come from us doing uh, that thing. Faith comes from Jesus and from Jesus alone. Faith comes from our relationship with him. And so today I want to look into this next question, this next question of how do we put our faith into action? And, and this is what I wanted to, to look at today. It, there's a three-step process here. Number one is know Jesus. Hebrews 12.2, right? It says, uh, Jesus is the author and the perfecter of our faith. And so if we know Jesus, our faith is going to increase. We can only get faith from Jesus. We can't get it anywhere else. Time spent with him in prayer, in the word, in worship. There's no substitute for this. We can't get it any other way. We can get a small amount of faith by fellowshipping. We can get a small amount of faith by attending conferences and services where where faith is at a supernatural level, where faith is at a high level, but there's no keeping power there. There's no keeping power in receiving faith like that. But if we receive faith through reading our word and through prayer, through this time in the secret place spent alone with God, our faith won't shrink back. Our faith will not diminish. That kind of faith, that kind of faith is the faith that has keeping power. And it's from the secret place with Jesus. Number two, hear his voice. We need to be people who hear his voice. And this is what we're going to talk about today. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. And so this is really what we're going to talk about today. Faith hears. Faith hears. Faith has its ears open and faith is listening. We're going to talk about what that means. So I'm not going to go into a lot of it. And number three, be willing to obey. Be willing to obey. And Galatians 5, 6 says, what counts is faith working through love. Okay, and so this is uh, also where it talks in James, faith without works is dead. We talked about this a bit already. Uh, We're going to be reviewing this again next week. But faith without works is dead. What counts is faith working through love. When faith expresses itself through love. See, 1 Corinthians 13 says these three remain, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love, but faith is there too. And so faith and love, they're working together. And so when we, we use them and we work with them together, we'll see the greatest outcome. Let's look at this next scripture. 
Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Listen, we've been talking about this scripture. You probably heard this scripture. If you've sat in this church as long as I have, you know this scripture without looking it up. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And so, you know, this is one of those scriptures that you absolutely want to memorize. You know, you just want this down in you so that you know that your faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. And so this is a two-part thing. Number one, we get, the, we get faith by hearing the word of God, by hearing the Bible. As we read the Bible, as we listen to the Bible, as we listen to people speak scriptures. I love you version because now they've got that little, uh, you can play it while, it's in, while you're in your car, while you're sitting at home. You could just play it and listen to the Bible. Someone reading you the Bible. You don't even have to read it. I mean, I do read, I, I don't, I don't listen often unless maybe I'm in the car. When I'm at home, I really like to, to read. Uh, there's something deeper when you stop and read rather than just listen to. And so I definitely do like to read. And then there's a now word. There's also a now word. There's the rhema word. There's a word that God will speak to you in season. In season. But more often, more often, we need to obey what the written word of God says. You know, in my life, I've always found that it's when I'm obeying the written word that then God will speak to me a rhema word. Or that when God does speak to me a rhema word, that I need to fall back on what the written word says. And so I, can't, I, I almost can't expect to have the rhema word if I don't already know the written word. You follow me? You guys staying with me here? The rhema word is the spoken word of God. It's when the Holy Spirit speaks to you. The written word of God is the Bible. And so we need to, to know our Bibles. We need to obey our Bibles. You know, what has God given you to do? God's given you stuff to do. You may, be, you, may be saved, you may be saved a month. You may be saved a day. You may be saved 10 years. You may be saved 20 years. God's already given you an assignment. And so if we're faithful to walk that out, and when, when we're faithful to walk that out, then God speaks. Then we go to the next. Then, the, then there's another. Then there's more. See, if, if God speaks to us and says, I want you to live holy, and we don't do step one, we can never move to step two. There, you can't skip steps with God. He gives you something to do. You fulfill that, or you're at least trying at it. He gives you the next step. Read the scriptures, and, and, and do we do it or do we not do it? Spend some time in prayer. Spend some time in worship. And, you know, as the American church, I'll say this, you know, I think that we're kind of lazy sometimes. You know, we don't want to put in the time. We don't want to put in the effort. We just want to walk down the street and be like, Jesus spoke to me and I did this and I did that. But without prayer, it's never going to happen. Prayer is, prayer, prayer is where it all begins. Prayer is where revival begins every single time. We've never seen a revival. There, in the history of since, since Jesus died, there's never been a revival without prayer. When did the Holy Spirit get poured out? When they were in the upper room praying. <laughs> prayer. Come on. It's good stuff. So the Bible gives us countless commands. And so uh, before we look at anything the Bible commands us to do, let's look at these scriptures, okay? Because as we're talking about faith, these scriptures sometimes they can just throw a monkey wrench in our faith. And so these are the, these are, uh, there's three scriptures here. It says, now this is the confidence that we have in God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. That's 1 John 5, 14. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Matthew 6, 9 and 10. And John 14, 14 says, If you ask anything in my name, 
I will do it. And it doesn't just mean, you know, uh, you know asking some, for something ridiculous and, and tagging on Jesus' name. It means to ask it according to what Jesus would say, according to his will. And so too many times, too often, we get hung up, we get caught up, and our faith gets wounded because we, we begin to ask the question, well, maybe I'm praying uh, stuff that's not according to God's will. And so when we begin to doubt the will of God, when we're unsure of the will of God, it has the potential to wound our faith. And so what am I talking about here? We're talking about the will of God. We're talking about the sovereignty of God. And if we believe wrongly about the sovereignty of God, then it'll, it'll hurt us. It'll wound our faith. See, God is sovereign, and God can do anything that he wants to do at any time he wants to do it. And so there's certain things that we know, and we're going to look at a couple of them here in a minute. And we pray these things, and then when they don't happen, we're like, well, why didn't that happen? Isn't God all-powerful? And we wrongly doubt God. We wrongly doubt God. It's not that God doesn't want to do it. It's that God has limited himself. God could at any time perform anything that he wants to perform. But we're in this thing, it's called the commission, co-mission. He wants to do it together. He wants to do it with us. And actually, he won't do it apart from us. Very rarely will God move on his own accord apart from humans working out the, the will of God in today's day, in today's age. He wants to partner with us. He only wants to partner with us. He doesn't want to do it on his own. It's about the free will. And so let's look at this scripture. All right, what are we talking about here? Let's look at this scripture. Maybe we can flesh this out a little bit. 2 Peter 3.9 says this. It says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness. But God is long-suffering or patient towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so what is this, what is this scripture saying? The scripture is saying that God wants everyone to be saved. God wants everyone to be saved. And so, is everyone saved? No. No, I mean, you know people that aren't saved. I know people that aren't saved. We all know people that aren't saved. So, if God wants all people to be saved, but all people aren't saved, and we know all people aren't going to be saved. Matthew 7, 21 tells us, uh, for, uh, 7, 14 tells us, um, wide is the gate and broad is the path that leads to destruction and many are they who enter into it this is talking about hell there's a lot of people that are going to go to hell because they don't know jesus god desires everyone to be saved but not everybody's going to make it scripture is very clear and so what's not clear and where we struggle and where we can wound our faith is when we say well god couldn't do it but that's not the truth and we've talked about this before. We've talked about the sovereignty of God and the free will of man, right? And it's this, it's this in between. And so what happens is too often we pray something and, and we wind up, we ask this question, why did this happen? Why did this not happen? And we're just not willing to say, I don't know. You see, if we're willing to say, I don't know why something did or didn't happen, then we're stepping into a realm of faith. We don't always get the answer. We're not promised to the answers to why. We must not, here's the point, is that we must not sacrifice the goodness of God on the altar of human reasoning so that we have an answer or an explanation as to why something did or didn't happen. 
We've all prayed prayers, and we've all prayed prayers that haven't been answered. Listen, I'm at the top of the, I'm at the top, I'm at the front of the line. You know, I've prayed prayers, and I've not seen them answered. But I refuse to defame the goodness of God. I refuse to say, you know, God's not good. God didn't do it. And get an explanation for why it did or didn't happen by blaming God. It's not God. God wants everyone to be saved. Scripture is very, very clear here. Why doesn't it happen? We're not promised that answer. Stop asking that answer. I don't know. I still don't know. 20 years from now, I don't know that I'll know. I've asked some people that have been around a really long time. There's not questions for the answers. We just, we, we, we get to know Jesus more and he gives us peace that passes understanding. If you want the peace that passes understanding, there has to be, you have to let go of understanding. You have to let go of your right to understand. You have to let go of the question, why did this happen? Why did this not happen? God, I don't understand why this happened, but I'm going to continue to trust you. God, I don't understand why coronavirus is here and why we're all still locked at home, but I'm going to continue to trust you. God, I'm going to continue to put my trust in you. I'm going to continue to put my faith in you because I believe in your goodness, God. We must embrace the mystery. Romans eleven thirty three and 34 says this. It says, Oh, the depths of the riches of both the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has become his counselor? This is fantastic. <laughs> How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Who has known the mind of the Lord and who has become his counselor? Yeah, I love what Job's, uh, God says to Job, you know, can you do this? Can you do that? I, I love that portion of, of, of Job. You know, and so why did I throw this scripture up here? Because another thing that we do that winds up wounding our faith is that we, we limit God. We limit God in our prayers. And when we pray, we, we pray to God and we say, God, do this and do it that way, right? And so what, it, God, save Billy on Tuesday after lunch in the break room and let me be the one who leads him there. God agrees with you when you pray that prayer in one of the five things that you prayed. He wants Billy saved. He doesn't care if it happens after lunch or in 10 years. He doesn't care if it happens in the break room or in the parking lot or at church. He doesn't care if it's you or me or anyone else in the world or, you know, somebody on the radio. All of these things are inconsequential to God. God has one, one plan with Billy. He wants him saved. But what happens is we add all of these add-ons to our prayer. And then when, on, when the add-ons don't happen, when we set a time limit as to when our prayer should be answered, when we put God in a box and tell him, this is the context in which I want prayer answered, we wound our faith. We wound ourselves. God, I pray, for, I pray that I would get healed when Pastor Matt lays his hands on me in church next week. 
and then we don't go to church next week because we're still all at home. And I didn't see Pastor Matt, so I can't get healed now. And we wound our faith. God wants you to be healed. God wants all sickness gone. Jesus came to destroy the, the works of the evil one. Sickness is a work of the evil one. God doesn't give people sickness. If God gives people sickness and Jesus heals sickness, then God and Jesus are fighting one another and they don't do that. They only ever work together. God doesn't give people sickness. Sickness is a result of the curse. It's a result of the fall. We can't put God in a box. We can't tell God how we want prayer answered. Matthew 9, 37, 38 says this. It says, Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And so we are commanded, Jesus here commands us to pray that people would be saved. And so we go back to this little, you know, this little story about Billy getting saved. God commands us to pray that people be saved. God commands us right here to send out laborers into the kingdom. But what happens is too often in seeking to be eloquent, we become, uh, it, it, too often in seeking to be eloquent, we add to what Jesus told us to do. God, send out laborers into the harvest field. God, send out 50 from this church. This year, then we put the time limit on. And then at the end of the year, when 50 people from Redeeming Love don't start witnessing, our faith is wounded. If God, listen, <laughs> if God has given you a word that there's to be 50 laborers going out from Redeeming Love, praise the Lord, we'll take it. I want it. We all want it. If God's given you that word, then you take and you spend an hour a day in prayer praying for that word that God gave you till it comes to pass. This is a great idea. Listen, this is a great idea. I'll tell you why. Because this would limit false prophecy. Here's how. Watch this, right? If, if someone gets up and prophesies something, and then they have to pray an hour a day for that prophecy until it comes to pass, they can only prophesy 24 times, and then their schedule's completely full. They don't even have time to sleep, right? So this is a great, Pastor Tom, this is a great plan. Pastor Tom, Pastor Steve, this is a great plan. This is a great plan. Uh, you guys know I'm joking. But come on. Pray the prayers that God told us to pray. Obey God. God's commanded us to do certain things. Let's run after God together. But don't put God in a box. Don't, you know, and so I'm not saying that we couldn't believe. I'm not saying that you don't believe when you're, when you're going to church. Don't believe. Today's my day for healing. But when it doesn't happen, don't blame God and don't be like, well, I guess I'm not getting saved. Maybe next week's my week. The, the eternal optimist is always going to get favor from the Lord. Every time. But when we turn our heart and harden our heart and say, it didn't happen today, it can't happen. We've just put God into a box and we've demanded that he come under what we told him had to happen. God doesn't operate that way. That's not God. God is all-powerful. God is all-knowing. All he's, he's omnipresent. He's everywhere. He, he knows how it's all going to go down. We don't. We only know when we get it from Him. God is the miracle worker. He, he, reserves, that, he reserves that privilege for Himself. God's the miracle worker. I just get to deliver the mail sometimes. We just get to deliver the mail sometimes. It's awesome. It's awesome. Know Jesus, 
hear His voice, be willing to obey. How do we activate our faith? This is how we activate our faith. Know Jesus, hear His voice, be willing to obey. We've been talking for a long time about knowing Jesus. You know, engage God, know Jesus. This is probably uh, one of the most, uh, the, the most uh, often things that we talk about is being in our secret place, being in, in our prayer closet, reading the Word of God, spending time with God. Hear His voice. We need, to, we need to train ourselves to hear His voice. We need to listen to what God is saying in this day and in this hour. And then we need to be willing to obey. You know, too often we're always waiting for the, you know, the, the voice that came to Philip. You know, go run alongside the chariot. Listen to what he's saying. Or, or uh, the word that came to Ananias. Go to, go to uh, such and such a place. and uh, Go to the street called Straight. And there, there that you'll find a man, Saul, who's been persecuting Christians. You know, we, we wait for these rhema words when all, all the time God's just waiting for us to do the first thing that he's told us to do. What has God told you to do? What has God already given you to do? Do that with all of your might. And when you do that one thing that God has already given you to do with all of your might, all, the, all, all bets are off. God's going to start to give you more. God's going to start to give you something else. God's going to start to speak to you in the moment and activate your faith in new and awesome ways. Be holy. Be compassionate. Be merciful. Be patient. You know, these are just some of the things that God's called us to do. We don't have to question this. We don't have to have a rhema word to know that we need to be merciful or that we, to know that we need to be patient, to know that we need to be compassionate. It's in the word. None of us are fully there, myself included. None of us are fully there. None of us are fully patient. None of us are fully obeying all that God has called us to do. But we need to be fully engaged in the process. We need to say, yeah, I'm all in. Yeah, I'm going to, whatever it is that God's given me to do, I'm going to do it. Read eight chapters a day. Yeah, God, I'll do that. I only read, read six today. I completely forgot to read today. I'm going to read eight tomorrow. I'm not going to stack them all up and say I'm going to read 24 because that's really um, unlikely that I'll do that. I'll read eight tomorrow. I'll read eight tomorrow. I'll read eight tomorrow. That's the, that's the thing that God's given me to do. That's where I'm going to park myself until I'm, I'm really good at it. And every day that I fall, I just get back up. I'm going to read eight tomorrow. I'm going to read eight tomorrow. I'm going to read eight tomorrow. Lord, refine me every day. God, what is it that you're working out of my life today? God, what is it that you're working out of my life tomorrow? If you're listening with us today and you've never invited Jesus, made a decision to live for Jesus, I want to invite you to make that decision today. The glorious truth about Christianity is that none of us are perfect. And we don't get saved. We don't come to know Jesus. We don't get to walk with God because we're perfect. We get to walk with God. We get to follow Jesus. We get to fellowship with the Lord because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Our Bible reading, our prayers, they don't earn anything for us. They don't bring us to the place where we're worthy of being in heaven. It's only the uh, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, uh, it's only when, because Jesus died on the cross for you and me that we have a right to fellowship with God and the right to go to heaven. And so what happens is because Jesus has done this for us, because Jesus loved us like that by dying on the cross for us, by paying the debt that none of us could pay, 
because Jesus did that for us, we want to please God. We want to show God that we love him. And so we want to know his heart. And so this is why we read our Bible. We want to spend time with him. And so this is why we pray. This is why we worship. We worship because he's worthy. And all of these things we do because of what God has done for us, never to earn our way there. We could never earn our way there. We talk about faith and works. The works don't earn us anything. They don't earn us a place. They don't earn us uh, the right to go to heaven. It's only because of the death of Jesus Christ upon the cross. And so if you're listening today and you'd like to make that decision to follow Christ, I just ask you to pray with me. Pray this prayer. Jesus, I'm a sinner. I thank you for your death upon the cross, that you forgive me of my sins. God, I invite you to come and live inside my heart and that you would give me strength to live for you all of the days of my life. God, I pray that you would help me to live for you in all that I do. In Jesus' name, amen. If today you prayed that prayer for the first time, I want to just ask you to do one more thing for me, and that's just send me an email. Send an email to info at redeeminglovechurch.org and just say, hey, listen, I accepted Christ. If you send me that email, I'm going to just send you some information back about uh, what your next steps are after you've accepted Christ, how you can become, how you can walk out this thing called Christianity and what it means. I'm going to call Angelie up here in a moment to receive the offering, but we'll see you guys next week uh, for uh, the next installment of Faith to Move Mountains. We'll see you guys. Have a great week. Morning, Redeeming Love. Can't wait to see you all soon, shortly. Um, we're going to receive our tithe.